Good morning. Welcome to this assembly. Please be turning in your Bible to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. If you are here because of your desire to honor Jesus Christ, you have come to the right place. Because we do that every first day of the week, the Lord's Day, 52 weeks out of the year. But not just in this building when we assemble. It is our intention to serve and honor Jesus Christ every single day through our lives. Welcome to Laurel Heights. Listen, please, in Acts chapter 1. I'll begin at verse 1. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same manner as you saw him go into heaven. I have two questions. The first will take just a moment, <clears throat> and the second question will occupy the rest of our time together this morning. First question, what happened after the resurrection of Christ? While the Bible doesn't instruct us to observe an annual day, we understand that many people in the religious world concentrate on the resurrection of Christ at this time of year. We would never tell anyone not to think about the resurrection of Christ. But our thoughts about that great event need to be based on the New Testament record of that historical event and the New Testament instructions about how we respond to Jesus Christ 
every day. And one matter of historical content in the gospel story is what happened after the resurrection of Christ. Now, is that important? That's the second question. Well, I'm sure your first response is, it certainly is important. And we've read the account here in Acts chapter 1 of the ascension of Christ back to heaven with the Father. Why is the ascension of Christ important? I'm going to use Scripture to answer that this morning. And when I conclude, I'll stress what this historical event should mean to us today. Why is the ascension of Christ important? It is important because sequence is important in historical accounts. The Bible is not just a book of random quotations or a manual of duties. <clears throat> Everything in the Bible is connected. There are quotations we can use to great benefit. There are duties we must perform before God. But all of that is framed and connected inside historical truth. And historical truth contains sequence. The Bible begins with the historical account of divine creation, day one, day two, etc. We are taken on a journey from Adam and Eve to Noah and then Abraham and his sons and the promises and Moses and <clears throat> the kings and the prophets. Historical truth that flows in sequence about what God did to bring everything into existence, and then after that, the story of redemption through Christ. Did you know that Jesus was born <coughs> at exactly the time God intended? Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4 says, the fullness of time. So, as you follow the historical events in the Bible and especially in Jesus' life, there is sequence or flow that is part of the story. So, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then into the book of Acts, you discover that after the death of Christ, He was buried, then arose, and after His resurrection, 40 days, Jesus ascended back to heaven. It is important if the Bible gives us sequence for us to read and acknowledge that sequence correctly. And of this Paul wrote in, Galatia, uh, in Ephesians 4, 8 through 10. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. So I'm going to say to us, whatever scripture documents as history, it should have meaning to us. 
in the context and sequence that it's given. To know the whole story, <clears throat> to be mindful of what Jesus went through for us before the resurrection, that's important. To know the resurrection and believe it as historical truth is important. Then to know what happened after the resurrection. Just from the standpoint of knowing the history God has delivered to us. The ascension of Christ is important. It's in the sequence of events. Secondly, I'll say that truth is important. And we're talking about historical truth and truth about Jesus, who he was and what he did and where he is now. John 1.17 says that grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. If truth came through Jesus Christ, <coughs> we need to know it. We need to know it as it is written, and as Paul said, rightly divide the word of truth. Knowing that God sent a Savior is good. Knowing about the birth of Christ is good. Studying the life of Christ is good. The death of Christ, absolutely essential. He was raised from the dead, and that's the cornerstone of our faith. But then what happened? How does all that connect? It is all connected to and forms the gospel story that is the truth God wants us to hear, believe, and obey. It is important to my salvation and to your salvation to embrace truth from God. It needs our attention and then our allegiance. After Jesus arose from the dead, he ascended to the Father in heaven. And then he was exalted to the right hand of God. He was exalted to the right hand of God. That's critical to our belief. Dennis read to us about it a moment ago. I'm turning to that passage in Hebrews chapter 1. We're going to listen to it again. It's about where Jesus is now. In our adult Bible classes, Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights, we've been going through the book of Hebrews. It was written to people who had obeyed the gospel, but they were under pressure, living in hostile environment. Christians back then were hated and persecuted and robbed and sometimes killed. They needed to have their faith refreshed, their courage elevated, their obedience firmed up. Here's the way the letter begins in Hebrews 1. Long ago at many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his son. Whom he appointed the heir of all things through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of of his nature and he upholds the universe by the word of his power after making purification for sins he sat down at the right hand 
of the majesty on high. Having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. This truth is indispensable for me to live my life by faith in Jesus Christ, knowing where he is now. He was not only raised from the dead, he ascended. He was not only raised and ascended, he was exalted to the right hand of God, and he's there now. He's there now. The resurrection was not the end. How thankful we are. The story didn't end at the empty tomb. God raised his son from the dead and took him back to the heavenly realm. What does it say here? He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Wonder of wonders. Not only was Jesus raised from the dead, as prophesied in Psalms 110, he was exalted to the right hand of God, a king over his kingdom. No priest of the tribe of Levi was ever so exalted. No earthly king, no prophet, no apostle. Only of Jesus is it documented in Acts 1, exalted to the right hand of God. <clears throat> now, you may, you may hear nothing of that in the news today. In all the noise of Easter eggs and bunnies, is this ever even mentioned? Christians serve a living master. The resurrection was not the final chapter. He was and is <clears throat> exalted to the right hand of God. And as it pertains to us who are Christians, the ascension is important because of our redemption. I want you to listen, please, in Ephesians chapter Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus about Jesus, the head of the body, the church. Listen to this part in Ephesians 2. I'll start at verse 1. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. 
For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. There are a couple of little words here that have great meaning for Christians. There is a pronoun here, a little pronoun. The pronoun takes in Paul <clears throat> and the Christians in Ephesus and all the saved, us. So read this and think of us who are Christians. This says God not only raised Christ from the dead, He raised us from sin. And verse 6 says, raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's fellowship with God through Christ. Us with Him. We share in the victory. The ascension of Christ received by God in heaven and His people with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's what this means to us, the ascension. Jesus is there with God, and in a rich sense of fellowship, we are there in Him, with Him. Our relationship with God is through Christ, who is where? He's at the right hand of God. He ascended there after He was raised. That's important. The ascension of Christ is not just something we read about. It is part of the whole victory story of the cross that blesses us who've obeyed the gospel. And that leads me to this. Christ is there right now at the right hand of God for us. I'm going to go back and do some more reading here in a moment in Hebrews, just a couple of passages. To people who've been baptized, I ask, do you ever sin? You ever sinned after your baptism? A passing evil thought that you capture and delight in. A convenient lie, an overt sin, a wrong attitude, a failure to respond to need. Do you ever sin? What is the right response when you sin? Who are you going to call? 1 John 2, 1 says, If anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He's there for us. He's there for us. Robert Murray McShane once wrote, If I could hear Christ praying for me in the next room, I would not fear a million enemies. Yet the distance makes no difference. He is pleading our case. Thank God for Jesus, our high priest. We can appropriate his mediation gladly and often when we go to the Father through him and confess our sins. We can be more than conquerors through him who loved us. Romans 8.34 says Christ is at the right hand of God who indeed is interceding for us. And listen, please, in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. 
For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. May I add to that Hebrews 7, 25 and 26. Consequently, he is able to the uttermost to save those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. For it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. He is there for us. So Paul wrote from an incarcerated circumstance to the Christians in Philippi, and he said, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The ascension of Christ into heaven is part of the truth of the gospel story. It wasn't merely an exclamation point at the end of the resurrection. It conveys power and grace and mercy for us at the right hand of God. It anticipated the work to be done to spread the gospel. Listen to Paul in 1 Timothy 3.16. Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up in glory. One more thing, please. Put yourself in the shoes of those men who witnessed this event. And look at what they were told in Acts 1.11. Why do you stand looking into heaven? What's implied there? What does that convey? Implied in that question is, now it's time to get to work on earth. Be his disciple. Preach the gospel. Build up the saints. Because just as you saw him go up into heaven, he will come again. Something else you may not hear in the news today. Well, what does all this do for you? What does all this do for you? I hope it is more than just curiosity, speculation, or temporary amazement. Jesus is alive in heaven at the right hand of God and the invitation is extended to those who haven't been buried with him in baptism or those who need his intercession today. The apostles were to quickly shift their gaze from heaven back to earth, to life here, to be his disciples and to spread the saving 
message. Are you looking for his return? And then the secondary question is, are you ready? Let's be standing as we sing.